I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back for another episode, everybody. I'm so grateful and joyous to have today in the studio, Morris Martin, who is a spiritual life coach, author, and a man of many, many great tricks. Um, Morris, so great to have you here with us. Hey, I'm just, uh, I'm happy to finally get a chance to sit down with you. I think we're going to have a great conversation today. I do indeed. So let's dive straight in. Um, We've got life coaches, and I think most people know what those are. What uh-huh. is a spiritual life coach? Well, you know, we talked about this, you and I, uh, once before. I think that most change and transformation is honestly spiritual, right? Anytime that you are healing from something, that you're dealing with something, growing through something, it changes not you, not only you cognitively, but it changes you in that deep place that's kind of hard to explain. So with a spiritual life coach, we tap into that. We focus on it. What is changing? Uh, what, what do you feel that's different? Do you feel more inspired? Do you feel more motivated? Do you feel like you are walking in what, what we like to call purpose? Like, this is why I'm here on earth. And so I really spend a lot of time helping people calibrate themselves to why they exist in the first place. Um. You know, so many people say to me, I don't know what my purpose is, and I help them sort of navigate through that labyrinth to find it. How do you help people find their purpose? You know, it's interesting because purpose is so deeply connected to who you are, right? So, you know, one of the easy ways can be your passions, the things that make you feel like you come alive, Um, I remember working jobs where I would be working somewhere and parts of the job, they they didn't feel like work. I would think to myself, man, if, if you told me that I had to do this and you wouldn't pay me, I'd keep doing it. Well, that's probably pretty close to your purpose. It's the things that you feel you're here for, the things where you add value and you add meaning and they add value and meaning back to you. I think that anytime you're in purpose, it's a very reciprocal, um, healthy communication between you and it versus I've done things in my life where I was good at them, but it sucked my soul dry. I was empty at the end of the day. I didn't want it. Oh, my God, if I never go back and do that again, I'll be your purpose. It lights a fire. It it. When you walk into a room doing the thing you were born to do, other people in the room come alive because of your light, because of your energy, because of your passion. And I think that sometimes what happens is we we walk away from those things. We choose the things that we think will be more lucrative or that will get us advanced more in society. And ultimately, we move up the ladder, but we get lower and lower with our emotions and lower and lower with our feelings. And so how do you bridge the gap is always the question. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that people get so distracted from their truth that yes. they are they're, 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 they're caged in their own prison of thought, right? Their mindset isn't actually on purpose, on mission. It's simply existing. 
And I think that like, I haven't, I know many people like that, you know, much of the population is like that. And I think what part of this podcast is to do is to provide inspiration to those people to, you know, see a different light, know that their light has always been within them and then reflect that light out into the world. Yeah, that's it. And you know, it's, it's weird because when, when we talk about these things, they sound so high level, right? Like unattainable in a way. But I remember the first time that I knew how important purpose was, I was, I was young. And I remember sitting around people and they would say, man, I remember when I was young, I used to, you know, X, Y, Z, I used to play sports. I used to uh, dance, sing, whatever it was. And as they described it, their, their eyes would light up. And you'd think to yourself, you walk around angry and bitter and frustrated all the time when I see you. Then when you talk about this thing, something comes alive within you. And I thought to myself, I never want to live life without that thing. And so I feel like I've always been living in a way that was like trying to get there, trying to find that and trying to calibrate to it. And, and of course, in the journey of life, like you miss it sometimes and you wander away from it and you go, oh my God, where is it at now? But I think it's so important. I've always tried to go back to it. What am I meant to do now? How am I meant to evolve in my thinking and my understanding of why I'm here? I think part of the issue, uh, at least through my own experience, is living in a particularly a, a, a big capital city such as London. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just became a bit of a chameleon. So it's a very capitalist society. I'm purely selfish in my motivations for money. There's no real energy exchange. Um, whereas now, obviously, I live the lifestyle that I want in Spain and I live a life of service. And it's a totally different ballgame. And I think we are so programmed by society that when you're deep in society, in that capital city, for instance, the programming is so heavy. If you don't have the discipline, if you don't have the motivation if you don't have the courage the vulnerability it's gonna swallow you up and you know i got lost for many years and mm. uh i do agree we tend to wander away from it uh from time to time but hopefully not as long as i did the last time around because it was too long yeah it was too long for me too for at one point um i i think that what you said you hit the nail on the head because it's a it's a discipline it's a, it's, it's about your, your healthy lifestyle that I I'm probably not going to stumble into accidentally living in purpose. I may stumble into discovering what is included in my purpose, right? So you can accidentally do something and go, Oh my God, I love this. You can stumble into something that reveals part of your purpose, but living in your purpose is about daily habits daily mindsets, daily interactions, right? It's about those small things. That's actually how I live in purpose. So am I willing to get up in the morning and pray or, or meditate or journal? Am I willing to, um, to talk about the feelings that, I, that I'd rather keep hidden? Am I, am I willing to do the work to get out of the mental prison, as you called it, so I can explore the freedom of purpose and the freedom of the call of my life. And I think that people sometimes miss, it's not just about accidentally being somewhere, it's about doing the steps to be somewhere. 
I love that. I love that. For me, like what I see a lot of is people kind of, how can I explain this? Um, people sort of basically, it's gone. It's gone. It was there. It was on the tip of my tongue, and we're live. Look at that. It's disappeared. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to that in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, before we do, uh, every coach has their own transformational history, right? Mm -hmm. And um, would you mind sharing with the audience your story and your transformation and how you got to be this beautiful uh, spirit guide? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know. I, I often, when I'm asked that question, I start my story in college. Um, I'm 19 years old and I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm a musician. I'm studying music in school. Um, and, and for the most part, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying things. But beyond what people can see, there's like these rumblings of frustration and emotion. And eventually one of my friends says, listen, like you, you're having issues and you need help. And I walk into a therapist's office and, and, I'm, and I'm there and I, I go once and twice and three times. And finally, one day I'm speaking and my, my therapist is asking me questions about my life growing up. And she says, Maurice, I, I need you to stop for a second because we've been around this a couple of times. And I was trying to get you somewhere, but you're not going there by yourself. She said, you continue to talk about things like love and acceptance but when you speak about your childhood, what I'm hearing are stories of trauma and pain. Why are you not being more honest about the life that you've come from? And at that moment, I realized that my life was a little more complicated than I wanted to, to acknowledge that it had been. I, I grew up in a house where, you know, in some ways there was love and being cherished and all those great things, but there was also some, some verbal and physical abuse. Um, there was also... Um, you know, domestic violence between mom and, and stepdad. And so I grew up a bundle of energy who often had the energy transform into fear, fear, frustration, confusion. And so, you know, that I never really dealt with all the things that happened to me as a kid or the things that I watched happen from a very early age. And so I went through my 20s I didn't resolve all my issues at that point in college. I go through my 20s playing music. My life kind of falls apart about age 22, but I'm like, you know what? I'm a musician, I'm going for it. I'm gonna go be famous. I'm gonna go make something happen. I start touring and playing with, with some big artists and, and doing things and, and it's inconsistent, but, but I'm getting there and I'm moving forward. We had national TV deals with multiple national TV stations and, and the whole time I was empty. I was broken, I was frustrated. And I was wondering, why am I not happier? Why do I not feel joy? Why do I not feel okay? And so by the time I got to my early 30s, at this point, I'm actually 39, um, I get to uh, my early 30s and my music career has basically unraveled. It has fallen apart and I just feel lost. That, that's that what you described when you said you were in the midst of the world, you were in this culture, you're starting to try to assimilate because you just want to have what everybody else has. You just want to do whatever, you're, you're tired of swimming upstream, right? And so I try to adapt and let me move up in this company and let me try to make more money over here. And, 
And every time I got a promotion, every time something went well in my life, I found myself more empty. I, I would say, just wait till you get the next accomplishment. And it did nothing. Just wait till you make another friend. Wait till you, till you get on another radio station. Wait till you see your face on TV. Nothing. And I got to the point in my life when I realized I either have to find a meaning of life. I have to figure out why I'm really here. I have to connect with something that means something. Or I'm going to die. I was already feeling dead on the inside. I, I had stopped really living and I was just making it through. I was in the midst of that, that hamster wheel where nothing changes because you won't change and, and everything feels bland and boring and lifeless and frustrating. And I'm drunk every day now and I'm high every day and I'm just empty. And so the, 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 I guess the, the story gets better. 2016, I get in a car one day and I, I want to die. And I'm driving and I'm considering, like, what if I just drove the, the car off the road? Would I actually get the results I want? What would this be like? And I start screaming at, at what I call God. I start screaming at God. If you are there, why is my life like this? Why is this so frustrating? Why is this like this? And that day I hear a voice speak to me. And it shifted the trajectory of my life. It gave my life some meaning and some value and some worth. And, and it showed me that maybe, maybe my life was worth living and that I was here for a reason. And so those are those stories that, that sometimes you, you tell people and people look at you like, huh, I don't know if I believe in that or not, but good for you, right? And I had that. And in the midst of that experience, my, one of my brothers had died a year before. Two months later, another one dies. So that's two brothers in two years that pass. I've had this epiphany moment and I think to myself, I have to make this count now. Like I have to really do this. Like I have to do the uncomfortable work. I gotta talk about stuff I don't wanna talk about. I gotta cry some tears I don't wanna cry. I have to be vulnerable in some areas where I'd rather just always pretend to be strong. And that, that type of pursuit is what taught me the habits I learned, the skills I learned. I Even when I counsel, counsel people and coach people, most of the work I do, it's from a cerebral place, really, that I, I can feel where I'm supposed to go in the midst of those conversations because I've been there and I've lived it and I've learned it. And I, and I know, and I, when I look at, at that resistance in your eyes, I know why you're resisting. I know what you're resisting. I know how painful it is to deal with this. So let me put my hand on your back and let you know that you're not alone, but you have to face it. And I think that there's something in, in a person who has been through something that we, we can pay it forward. We can give it back. And I think that that's the greatest gift we can, we can give to another person is the gift of life. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree. It's, you know, when you hold someone's hand through a transformation and they come out the other side and they're truly grateful. You know, I had a client say to me last month, uh, I'm so grateful for you. You know, these days God sends me guides in people and mm -hmm. you're one of them. 
Uh and uh, that's just so powerful to hear to know that your work your spiritual work your passion your purpose your mission is is in alignment with others and resonating and and making a deep impact yes absolutely absolutely Um, hopping back to purpose for a second uh what i was gonna say is, is i really feel like you know if you look at all the different segments of life um the the wheel of life exercise if you like if it's known as uh-huh. i think uh-huh. finance relationships work play uh you know there's there's 12 on the wheel i think it's easier for people to find their purpose the more filled up those wedges of the mm-hmm. uh, of the wheel are mm-hmm. but people are more in need of finding their purpose if the wedges are less filled and therefore it's more difficult to find because they're coming from a place more often than not of scarcity of lack of victim mindset these kind of things mm-hmm. but i think that's a really useful exercise for people to use to start if they're looking for their purpose because ultimately we talked about it. It's all about fulfillment. And if you know which areas of your life you're being fulfilled in and which areas you're not, then you can start to work on them, right? And yes, absolutely. Every journey starts with the first step. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it takes courage, but the purpose is out there for everybody. Living on purpose is such a inspirational way to live um, mm-hmm. and, and so rewarding as well. You um you do a lot of counseling work for addictions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always telling people the best way to get rid of an addiction is to replace it with another addiction. <laughs> yes, but the, right because the addiction oh, to joy. Yes, oh, that's so good. Well, you know, one thing that that I have found many times that that sometimes you watch clients and they they really want to change. They they really want to transition. But what happens is they leave something and they don't go to something. So you've walked away from your addiction. You walked away from your bad habits, but you have not walked towards new habits. You haven't walked towards new life or new meaning or or new 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 habits that can form new newness within you, right? And so that's always going to leave you empty. The reality is, I don't believe that people drink or smoke or do whatever drugs they do for no reason. I believe that generally they do things for the reason, for a reason, okay? And so here's here's my example. A person is in a situation and they've, they haven't drank for a while and they're doing okay. And all of a sudden stress begins to, to, to rise up. There's tension in the household. There's frustration with finances. There's things going on and they're real problems. And anxiety starts to rise up inside of you and irritation starts to rise up inside of you. Your body knows I need a release from this right now. Your body's right. You do need a release. You do need relief from this pain. The question is what release and what relief? And when you say become addicted to joy, what can I do in this moment that could give my life more meaning? What can I turn to in this moment that can give me more sustenance to the time I have? Sometimes those are cognitive exercises. Sit down and do gratitude. What am I really thankful for today? Shifting my perspective to see that there's something in my life that's beautiful. I just wasn't looking at it. 
But sometimes I tell people, sometimes you got to go to a gun range. You got to go for a walk, a hike, go for a swim, go exercise, go box. You got to go do something that gives your life some oomph, right? Go to a meeting and get support, have a conversation, go to a therapist. But I must replace a thing with a thing. And if I don't, I will find a way to replace that thing with another bad thing. So no, I'm not using drugs anymore, but now I'm sleeping with all these people and I'm being reckless. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not doing drugs anymore, but now I'm binge, binge eating all day long and, and Netflix and, and, and I'm putting on pounds and my heart is unhealthy and everything is off. I have to pick something intentionally that's good for me to replace it or else I will accidentally fill in the gap the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I can uh, resonate with that. I gave up uh, drinking back in November mm. and I was just out in this last weekend. I didn't feel, you know, the ambience, the buzz of the bar. And my friend is already, you know, five sheets to the wind, six uh -huh. and whatever. And come on, Gavster, just have a drink, you know? And I'm like, I'm okay. I don't want to drink. And then he's like, yeah, but there's, you know, beautiful girls all around. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm tempted to drink. Why? One, because I'm being sort of pressured. Uh -huh. Two, it would take away any sort of fear or lack of confidence of what I might experience if I go out into the social uh, foray. Uh -huh. And um, then I'm thinking to myself, this is madness. My, mm. my ego is just trying to rule me here. Let's <laughs> get up and go and prove this, you know, wrong. So I got up went over, talked to a girl, you know, like, and it's really having that sense of awareness mm. rather than falling victim to your inner voice, because, you know, your inner voice is also a habit, right? You've mm -hmm. been programming mm -hmm. it for so long, personally, for so long. not societally, but personally. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest transformations that we see in people is when they take the power back from their own voice. Yes. Really direct it to be on purpose, on mission, in passion. Like, you know, mm. so actually I didn't end up feeling great that whole night. So I left kind of early, but uh, I proved the point to my friend, you know, it's, there's always something you can do. So you said earlier, you know, at some point you were, uh, or, or your friend was aggressive or whatnot. And I remember being back in London, you know, stressed, uh, <laughs> trying to get around. And I was in my car and I would get more and more infuriated by not being able to get where I wanted to go on time. So I would get out of my car and berate the other drivers. Right? <laughs> yes. Been and there. shout at them and sometimes, you know, <laughs> stupid things. And it just got to the point where I was like, okay. Is this serving me? Mm. Is this who I truly am? Mm. Do I want to greet these people in this way? And so I, at the time, I couldn't control my emotions. They were, they were stronger than I was. Mm -hmm. So I decided that there still had to be a solution. Mm -hmm. And there was. 
I sold my car and I got a motorbike license and bought a motorbike. There and then it is. Experience traffic ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that story though. And um, you know, what you said about, you know, it's it's our voice that we have to overcome. You know, when you realize that the criticisms you've heard, the negativity that you've heard, a lot of the things you've experienced in your life, it eventually starts to repeat in your mind. And it shifts from being mom's voice, dad's voice, next door neighbor's voice to being your own voice, criticizing you, talking negatively against you. And, and that's the real war that we live in, right? That's the war of the brain, the mind, that my mind is my greatest critic telling me what I can't do and what I can't be and what I'm going to screw up. And I hope somebody really hears this. If you are a shot away from courage, okay, I want to go talk to her, but I need a shot. <laughs> oh, God, we, you guys want to go do what? Let me throw one back really quick, right? If you're a drink away from courage or confidence or any other value, it's not that far away. If you're only one shot away, then it's right there. You just have to figure out how to reach in and, and get it to come out, how to bring it to the surface without the alcohol. The alcohol is a catalyst. Whatever you're turning to is a catalyst. But there's ways that you can, you can become a catalyst for yourself. Well, hold on a second. If I've picked up people before, I'm just as handsome as I was then, or whatever it is, right? People get become afraid to do things like podcasts and get in front of a camera and speak, right? There's a way you can get the confidence to do it by reminding you of what you've done before or what you're capable of or what deep down you know, but it's just that your brain wrestles with it or grapples with it. So I just, I just love to say that if you're one shot away, you're close. You're there. Just go find another way to, to bring that confidence to life. Yeah. And don't expect it to be as quick as a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've, I've seen this and I'm sure you have too, right? You, you'll, you'll have a conversation with somebody and you go, okay, I got to go blah, 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 blah. And you go, they're going to be here when? Crap. And you go and you find the bottle and you throw a couple back real quick, right? And by the time the people walk in the door, it hasn't even hit yet. <laughs> but you've already had the placebo effect before the effects of whatever it is that you popped, right? Well, how did you get that confidence so fast? You believed in the pills. You believed in the weed. You believed in the drinks. You believed in your buddy that showed up that gives you courage. You believed in it. Well, what would happen if you started to believe in yourself? It, yeah. It's it's something you can make happen. There's, you see, for people in our situation, we have so many tools and practices that can help people. So a very simple one is if you're only one or two or three shots away, whatever it is, and just for instance, you're a vodka drinker, take the shot glass, fill it with water, pretend it's vodka, You've got your shot. Now go and do what you were going to do. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, like if it's all about the placebo effect, action it. Don't visualize it. Actualize it. That's good. And then execute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I will say that for me, though, envisioning has worked. Um, that when I can see myself doing well, I tend to do well.
Like I, I watch myself do a podcast before I do a podcast. You know what I mean? Like I watch myself uh, give a presentation or a speech before I do it. And I, I have to see myself win first. And the more that I've seen it, the more confident I tend to become when I do it. There is something to that. I don't know what it is, but it really can't help. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I think what it is is, and a lot of the uh, greats have said this, and a lot of the ascended masters. If you come from the place of the result, mm, and that's you, it, and you live that way you know, then the result is anything but inevitable. It's only just a matter of when, not a matter of how or why. That's good. That's good. And I think that, you know, the, the bigger battle becomes, you know, we don't always get to know when. And I think it's the when that usually throws us off more than the why. We, we complain about the why, but we actually are frustrated about the when. Because I thought I'd be there by now. And I thought I'd have reached it by now. And so that's always the primary so why is this happening is always secondary, right? And so I think that the key is, it's having faith in the process, right? That if I can envision it and I can see it and I know it's tangible and feasible and real, even after I put the action items together, if they don't come to fruition right away, there must be something I'm meant to grow and, and learn from in this experience. There must be some maturity that I'm meant to have. Because I think that like, there's this, there's this experience we all go through in life where the way that I look at faith is something greater than me always wants more for me than I want for myself. Right. And so I look at that thing and I strive to go get it, but my character's not ready for it yet. If I got that thing now, it would kill me. If I got that thing now, I'd kill someone else. Not all, not necessarily physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Have you ever wrecked anybody else's life? I have, right? <laughs> and so it's that moment of saying, I'm not ready. And the denial or the rejection, the delay in the process is part of the process for a reason. It's getting me ready. I'm ready already. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you were ready, you'd have it. And I really do look at life that way. I think it's true. I've seen so many people struggle through disappointment after disappointment, but it built their character. If you're, if you're taking on life the right way, you, you become a little more wise, a little more mature, a little more compassionate and caring, and, and, and you have more peace, and you, and you become more about service than about being served. And as all of those things take place, Something inside of you, you call it the ascended people, right? The, something inside of you begins to ascend. Your thought process becomes more conscious. You become more aware. And now when you get the thing you've been waiting for, you don't take it for granted. You cherish it. You own it. And you don't let it own you. You, you, you walk in such a way that, that, that you're learning from it and it learns from you and you keep the growing and you keep molding and you keep, I think that's the beautiful thing about life. If I let myself, life will teach me how to become everything I want to be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think you're only stuck where you are because you haven't learned the lesson yet. And yes, you might think you've learned the lesson, but you're still there for a reason, which means you haven't learned the lesson. That's it. And so maybe you need a coach to help you see, you know, the truth. Um, 
it's yeah I, it's a fascinating subject i could speak all day about this with you man we could have a we could have a 24 hour conversation or podcast live maybe we should do one and stream it just go for it do the longest podcast ever um so got, i'm sorry your, your your screen cut out just a little bit what can you say that one more time I was saying this is such a fascinating conversation. I feel like we could just talk for a really long time about it. Maybe, oh, yeah, yeah. That would be beautiful at some point. Maybe we should stream between us the longest podcast episode ever and do like a 24-hour live. <laughs> hey, I'm ready when you are. I'm you, ready when you are. You name the date. <laughs> hey, let's there. go. Let's go. <laughs> so we've got a few minutes left. Um Three things. Firstly, you've got some books. What are they called? What are they about? And how can people get hold of them? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my newest book is called Your Butt is Too Big. That's with one T. Your Butt is Too Big. Um, here's the premise. Everything you've been through in your life that you haven't healed from becomes the dead weight you carry with you. That's what keeps you from destiny. That's what keeps you from purpose. That's what keeps you from joy. So deal with it heal through it, grow through it, and you have the life you want. So um, there's Your Butt is Too Big. There's also a book called Save the Day. Um, either one of those books, you can buy them on Amazon. You can go to my website, which is mauricefmartin.com. Uh, and I, I always tell people, after you read my books, please reach out to me. Let me know how I can help you, um, how I can coach you through the process, or just how I can cheer for you as you walk through the process on your own. Um, so yeah, that's how you can get them. And that's the books I have. Beautiful. And uh, whilst we're talking about how to get in touch with you and reaching out and what social handles do you have? So uh, I've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can find me on all those at Maurice F. Martin, uh, also TikTok. Uh, and so, yeah, go go find me on any social media. Add me on there. I'm actually friendly enough. I actually respond if you DM me as long as it's appropriate. Uh, and so you can even DM me with a question and you'll be surprised. I'll actually answer it. Um, so, yeah, however I can help you, however I can be there for you. Uh, I look forward to getting to know everybody. Love that, man. Love that. And um... What does stay outstanding mean to you, Morris? Good question. Stay outstanding to me means stay outside of your head and outside of the box that the world has tried to put you in. Stand outside of it. Stay outside of it. The world will try to will try to pigeonhole you. They'll try to make you conform into something that's their idea of you. Um, and I've always loved there. There's a famous saying by Bishop T.D. Jakes. He says, "Never met, never let men place a period where God placed a comma." In other words, get outside of their box. Get outside of your head and go live the life that you're supposed to live. Stand up and stand boldly and walk boldly in your identity and you'll become everything that you were born to be. Love that. I love that. And um, let's end with just your final words of wisdom for the audience, whatever you sure. feel you want to share. Sure. I just want to tell you that if you've stuck through it this long, there was there was something you were looking for in this interview. And if you if you haven't heard it yet, then maybe this is what you're waiting for. You are enough. You are enough for every dream that you have, every wish that, that is in your, in, your, in your heart. You're enough for the healing, for the growing. You're even worth the pain that you'll have to go through and endure. 
I don't care who lied to you. I don't care who, who spoke word curses over you. I don't care who hated you or cast you aside. They were wrong. And everybody who told you how much they believed in you, they're the ones who were right. So prove them right more than you focus on proving the others wrong. And you'll find out you're just where you're supposed to be. Beautiful, man. Well, guys, um, that's Morris Martin. He's a beautiful spiritual life coach. Reach out to him. Uh, Morris, we're going to have more conversations behind the scenes, I'm sure. And maybe, guys, I don't know, keep an eye out for this longest uh, streamed live podcast ever. Let's see how that goes. I promise you I have an idea already. You sparked me. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Morris. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.